Sydney. Sam is not here today. They are at a debate tournament, but this is still Books and Bagels. Before I get into the main book, I'm going to go over my this week's read. This week I read When by Victoria Laurie, and it's a middle grade mystery novel following a girl who can see death dates. Um, that then leads to a lot of speculation about her involvement in the death of a couple of children in her town. Um, she then spends the novel proving that she is not guilty of. Um, I gave this book a solid 3.5 stars. Um, it was good, but it wasn't great. And a lot of the pacing felt very slow and I feel like it could have been 100 pages shorter. This week I'm going to be talking about A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. I actually started this book for school but I ended up just absolutely adoring it. I thought it was amazing. Um, it is set in the French Revolution and it tells the story of a family and a bunch of people who are connected to that family in ways that I guess you wouldn't really expect, especially uh, like even going up until the end, new connections are being revealed. So this is a very character-driven story and there are a lot of characters. I'm going to introduce as many as I can and sort of explain the intricacies of their relationships. Um, yeah, so first off we have Charles Darnay and Charles Darnay is a descendant of a very wealthy French family. They're the Evermont family. Uh, he changed his name to Darnay as a way to conceal his identity because he sort of wants nothing to do with this very wealthy family. He's very against the aristocratic ways of France and sort of how his family had been operating um, for the past generations. And so he goes and he eventually um, meets up with, well he doesn't meet up with Lucy, but um, he eventually gets married to Lucy Manette, um, who I will talk more about later. And they eventually, they have two kids. And once that sort of happens, he eventually ha receives a letter that draws him back to um, France. And when he arrives in France, he is arrested uh, for being an immigrant because that is a crime worthy of arrest and possible death back in revolutionary era France and he spends years oh, I, and he spends hard time in the prison and but he is eventually released and when he gets released he is then dropped back to the prison through something that I will explain later and he eventually is sentenced to death but the character that I will next introduce, Sydney Carton, um, takes Charles's place uh, below the guillotine, and Charles uh, manages to escape. And so Sydney Carton, he works with a man named Striver as an attorney. Um, and at the beginning of the book, he's sort of like a very he's very alcoholic, and he works. He does do worthy cases. For example, he's the man who freed Charles Darnay at the beginning of the book, um, but he also sort of, he just isn't the best person persevering, but uh, eventually towards the end he realizes that, uh, oh I forgot to mention, but he is kind of just very 
in in love with uh Lucy Minette and so he um to sort of give Lucy the life that she always wanted uh with Charles Darnay he goes and he breaks into the prison and he takes his place because uh Darnay and Carton are foils and they are also lookalikes so no one really suspected anything when uh, Carton went to the guillotine as opposed to Darnay because it they couldn't really tell any difference between them. Next, we have uh, Lucy Minette, and Lucy Minette is sort of, she's the golden thread, I guess, that sort of brings everyone together. That's, she doesn't have much character, I guess, but she is probably the most important person in the story altogether. Um, it none of this would have happened if it hadn't been for her she ties every character together um so it ends up not really mattering that she doesn't have much of a personality uh really her only trait is her beauty and her beauty is a very important trait in the terms of this book and so then we have dr minette who is lucy's father and dr minette what well, he's a well he's a doctor and but he did spend a lot of time uh, in the Bastille prison. And once he gets out, he goes and he lives with the Defarges. Um, and after some time with the Defarges, uh, this is at the very beginning of the book, um, The Lucy comes with, Lucy and other characters of the book come and they retrieve him and bring him back to England. Um, and he sort of, he's very... He has a lot of PTSD. Like he distracts himself from all of the problems in his life by making shoes. And that is sort of like his shoemaker's bench is sort of an extension of himself. And like eventually he gets over his PTSD. He doesn't get over his PTSD, but he sort of um, pushes it further down and it doesn't affect his day-to-day -day life as much as it once did. He's cool. Okay, then... I'm going to talk about the Defarges, and I think the Defarges are going to be the last character that I, characters that I introduce, because the rest are very important, but they're not as integral to the story as some of these. And so the Defarges own a wine shop, but they're also leaders of the revolution. And so they spend a lot of their time finding people who they think are a threat to the revolution, and Madame Defarge knits their name into uh, a piece of knitting that essentially bears all the names of the people that she would like to see guillotined or beheaded by the guillotine um, in order to further the uh, pursuits of the revolution. And so that ends up not being a great thing. Um, she, like, I guess um, Charles Dickens sort of shows his distaste for a lot of what happened in the revolution uh, through the Defarges because they are extremists and they sort of, they're not people that you want to mess with. And that led a lot of people who were super innocent to be so afraid of being beheaded um, that they refused to sort of do anything in their own interest and instead only did things in the interest of the Defarges and people like them in order to stay alive.
And so next I'm going to talk about the connections between all of these characters. And that that's essentially the plot of the book. Like the plot of the book is driven by figuring out connections between characters and sort of how the characters I guess are going to end up due to these connections. And I guess one of the most consequential connections between these characters is the connection that um, Dr. Minette has to the Defarges. Um, because Dr. Manette treated the Defarge's, uh, or Madame Defarge, Defarge's sibling after they were harmed by an Evermond, um, aka the family of, uh, Darnay. And so this was something that, uh, Dr. Manette knew when Darnay sort of went in to his marriage with Lucy and, um, cause he's I'm just assuming that um, though uh, Darnay did not recognize uh, Mr. Dr. Manette um, upon meeting him, I'm I'm going to assume that uh, Manette recognized Defarge straight away because he had a huge impact on his life, 18 years worth of impact to be exact, Um, and because it was his family that eventually, uh, like, that was the reason that Minette ended up in the Bastille at all. The reasoning behind um, uh, Madame Defarge's strong dislike for the uh, Evermont family and Darnay in particular is because of the harm that they caused to her family and they ended up sending um, the Evermont family is the reason that Dr. Minette ended up in jail and uh, his connection to the Defarges is why he was able to secure a like house and a position as a shoemaker uh, after he was released from the Bastille. Um, but all of that help that Minette tried to do for the Defarges, um, that goes out the window the moment that Madame Defarge learns that he has openly allowed for an Evermond to come into his life and marry his daughter. Um, and the whole reasoning behind, uh, so, uh, Darnay ends up in prison. He ends up on trial three times in this book. The first time he is saved by Carton, the second time he is saved by Dr. Manette, and the third time he is doomed because of Dr. Manette, but it is because of the actions of Dr. Manette that it happened decades prior to the trial. Um, the Defarges were a, in the storming of the Bastille. The Defarges found a letter written by Dr. Manette that essentially curses out the entire um, Evermont family and says that like their death will be like the greatest revenge, essentially. Um, and so the Defarges find this letter and they say, oh, okay, now we finally have proof. So they call Renee back into the, uh, trial and they say, hey, you're up for trial again, but this time it's for something different. And a third person has also accused you, not just us two. And he's like, who? I, I don't know anyone else who would accuse me. And it's Dr. Manette who accuses him, but Dr. Manette accuses him indirectly and unwillingly through a letter that was ignorantly written, well not ignorantly written, but written without knowing anything about Charles Darnay uh, decades before the trial. And Manette protests the use of this letter against his son-in-law, 
um, be, for quite quite some obvious reasons. And but the Defarges take they they won't hear it. They're he it he has to sort of submit and let them do it, or else he is quite likely to end up just as dead as Darnay will would. Um, and so yeah, so that's probably the coolest in my opinion and most important connection. Um, but I think that another cool connection is the connection. This isn't necessarily a connection, but it's the differences between Sidney Carton and Charles Darnay. And so both of these men are lookalikes and they're, as I mentioned before, they're lookalikes and their character foils. Um, but eventually they sort of decide, well, they don't decide, but it's sort of decided for them that Darnay is, I guess, in Lucy's eyes and in society's eyes, like a better man, if that makes sense. But that is sort of disproven later in the book when Darnay is, the day before his, uh, the day of his death, when Sidney Carton decides to sacrifice himself in his place. And that sort of, I guess, tips the scale more towards um, Carton. And I think it's just, I think that's just cool. I don't know. I think it's cool how they sort of, like, they're, the people, how people view them, I guess, sort of flips, I guess. And it's more in Carton's favor as opposed to Darnay's favor. But obviously it's not by the people in the book. It's by the people reading the book. Um, because the people in the book really don't have like they have an idea of what's going on but they don't really like they can't know I guess um and yeah so those are the two two main connections that I sort of wanted to touch on yeah I would love to have a discussion on this book but since it's a one-person show this week I can't so now I'm gonna move into what bagel I think this book is and honestly I think this is just a very French book <laughs> and so I couldn't think of a very French bagel, so I decided that it is a croissant in the shape of a bagel, uh, or a croissant in the shape of a bagel, if you will, um, and so that's, that's how I'm gonna say that this book is, and also, uh, for the star rating, I ended up giving this book 5 out of 5 stars, I thought it was really, I'm not super big into classics, like, I'll read them, and... I enjoy them when I do read them, but they're just harder for me to, like, get into and, like, stay reading, you know? Like, there are, there are select classics that I can reread over and over again, and I'll love them every time, but for a lot of times, it, that's just not the, uh, that's just not the, how my brain works. It's too much for me to focus on, I guess. But yeah, this is like the first Charles Dickens book I've ever read and I definitely am planning to read more. I actually own um, Great Expectations, but the last time I tried reading it was in sixth grade and it was hard. Like, don't give a sixth grader Great Expectations, it's not gonna work. Um, but yeah, so I gave this book five out of five stars. I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah. Books and bagels in the morning. As always, if you have any author recommendations, book recommendations, or anything related to books and or bagels that you would like us to discuss on the podcast, please feel free to email us at bagelsandbookspodcast at gmail.com. 
and make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at books underscore bagels.